Eanes is proud to present the WHS Healthy Shop Speaker Series. This week, WHS's own Lisa Johnson shares managing your digital life, strategies for note-taking, digital organization, calendars, and time management. We also have a website. It's WHS EdTechs, which you have um, kind of on your seat right there if you want to. All of the webinars that we did, I believe there's eight of them uh, last year, are all recorded there for you. And what I've done is like a super mashup of multiple ones, and then I've added some kind of new stuff in there as well. Also, um, I know if you were here last time, they talked about kind of the millennials and Generation X, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So I was born in 79, so I'm, I'm technically kind of a, a Gen X sort of person. However, if you look at kind of the cusp of those people who are right on the change between the two kind of generations, that's me. You know, in high school, I had a pager, and then eventually I had a Dell computer, and then eventually I had an Apple computer. So I, I kind of am, you know, riding both of those worlds. I'm also a mom. I have um, two boys here in the district. One is um, a middle school student, and the other one is an elementary student, and um, one of them has special needs. So I'm also kind of always thinking about those things and keeping those things at the forefront when I'm designing content. I absolutely love to curate content for people, and so I keep very, very healthy Pinterest boards and blog posts and things like that, um, as well as researching. I, I've always loved researching from a very young age, and so I do a lot of just deep dives on different things and a lot of readings of things to kind of curate information for you. Um, and college and career readiness and things like that. Um, I am an ed tech at the high school. We actually have two ed techs at the high school. So I take uh, science as well as English language arts. And then our other ed tech takes um, mathematics and social studies. And then we kind of split fine arts and CT and all those sort of things because we're responsible for everybody kind of on the campus. And I <laughs> am a proud uh, user of a planner and a bullet journal. I absolutely love my analog tools, even though I'm an ed tech, and I'm also um, a published author. So with that being said, I wanted to give a little bit of uh, context to what I'm going to cover today. This is a tour, not like a deep dive into every single thing, because there's not one thing that's going to work for everybody, and, and we all know that. So I'm kind of giving you a, a large tour of a lot of different things. The other thing is, yes, I know that I have technology in my job title, but I'm also a firm believer of it's got to be a balance of things. And for me, in an educational technology realm, I still use a paper planner. Yes, I have Google Calendar, but I still use a paper planner. And I will tell you that the vast majority of people who I've inter interviewed in like careers and things like that, they'll use a hybrid of the two as well, um, to-do list, things like that. So I think that's important to address. And then the last thing is these are suggestions. These are not meant to be prescriptive in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so note-taking. Now, again, I love trends. I love kind of following things. So it's interesting because when we talk about note-taking, some people think, oh, well, that's really just something you're gonna see in like the K through 12 sector or maybe college. Like it's not really an important skill. Well, interestingly enough, um, lynda.com, designed for professionals, <laughs> um, actually talks about this. I want to make sure I've got this on. Okay, okay, cool. Um, Note-taking for business professionals, they actually have courses. Additionally, I've started seeing a lot of articles, how to organize a notebook for work, also why taking notes is important to your career, recovering the lost art of note-taking, and the most important thing, you're not doing at work, and how to get started, no taking. 
So I'm going to give you a little bit of research studies on the slide deck that's posted. These are all actually hyperlinked to either the books that I found them in or the actual colleges and researches that I've, I've kind of pulled this from. So these are slightly older pieces of research, but I thought it was really interesting. So there was a college study that was done, and basically it said that, um, I believe it was freshmen, 40% of them failed to basically capture the main points in a lecture, which I'm sure is not surprising to anybody. Um, even with training, you know, it's still not, you know, 100% by any means. Um, and another study talked about note-taking being as mentally demanding as chess for an expert, because if you're really doing note-taking, um, you're not just typing down things verbatim. You're really thinking through, like, what does this mean? What's important? How does this connect to something else? It's not just, you know, typing down something, you know, that's directly said. And then also um, doodling. So there was a research study that was done that talked about if uh, they had two groups and they were just memorizing kind of names, like random names, and the group that was doodling while having to do this remembered essentially 29% more. So two other interesting kind of studies that went uh, forth were good note-taking equals better performance on immediate and delayed tests of recall and synthesis. So it wasn't like, hey, if you took good notes, obviously you're going to probably do better on the first week's test, but you'll also do better when it comes to a semester exam, a final exam, things like that. And then another one talked about good note-takers um, being better problem solvers, better decision makers, and ultimately working better with others. So with that context, and that's all outside sort of research, I wanted to do some inside research. <laughs> so I sent out a poll. This is last year's study. We'll do this again um, when we meet with our freshmen for PSAT. But we took this study, and essentially we asked our staff, how often do students take notes in your class? Because I really wanted to know, how, how often is this happening? How important a skill is it? Do I need to pay attention to it? Do I not? Um, interestingly enough, you can see here that they may not take notes in every class every day, but they pretty much take notes every day. And so that's kind of an important sort of thing if they're doing something daily and they may or may not have training on how to do that well. Also found out what they're actually taking notes from. So predominantly, it's lectures, which is no surprise, um, especially at the secondary level. Summer slide decks, and again, this was last year, so I know it'll continue to kind of shift. Um, videos, labs, and obviously reading. Interestingly enough, we also found that many of our staff offer recorded lectures. And so that's something to keep in mind, ask your student, um, or even ask that teacher if they mentioned it at Paranite, hey, do you offer a recording, you know, a re-lecture? Many of them do. Um, I know a lot of the science ones do. I can't speak for every single content area, but know that many of them do. So if a student's absent, it's far better to probably listen to that than to obviously copy um, <laughs> a friend's notes on what that might have been. Yes? That could be. I wouldn't necessarily know that. Like, so... Those types of lectures, they could be, I know some of our chemistry department uses Google Sites. Um, physics might use that as well. So it, it would be teacher dependent, really, or teacher specific, or it would be course specific. I can find out when I do the survey again to kind of find out where they're putting them, and I'll share it out again. This was also really interesting. It's kind of cut off a little bit. But when I spoke to freshmen, I asked them, how many of you, you know, what, what type of note-taking do you do? 
And the vast majority of them either took a Cornell or an outline. And that's mainly just because they didn't know any better. Um, I will say that the vast majority um, of notes that I took in college were mostly outline. And it was fine. But there are so many different things. And so this one's actually hyperlinked, so it'll give you kind of the advantages and disadvantages of each of them. Um, I pulled them from two different colleges. But I'm kind of giving you a quick overview. So if you're using a Cornell note, it's obviously very easy to record on both sides. That's the top one right here. The idea is that you have kind of the main thing going on, and then you have kind of a, more of an explanation in one panel, and then at the bottom kind of tips and things like that to remember it. However, a lot of us are probably really familiar with outlines. Those are great, except for if you have a teacher who speaks really quickly. It's really hard to keep an outline, and it's also really hard to know where to indent and where things follow. So these were things that rather than this is kind of a lifetime sort of skill. We thought it was really important to let's, I'm going to tell you what the four types of notes are. And then as you're in a class, figure out which one it makes most sense to use when you're taking handwritten notes or even digital notes for that matter. The third one's a chart and charts are really good. Like let's say that I'm in an English class and we're analyzing a reading and it might be we're looking at different characters. So, you know, you have kind of basically columns and rows. So each one of these um, columns might be a different character, and then you might have a row here for favorite quote, um, might be, you know, important, um, you know, setting things, things like that, like where you're basically filling it out in columns and rows. That would make more sense to use a chart. Mind maps, I love. I found that most of my kind of note-taking follows a mind map style. They're super easy to edit. They're super easy to color. Um, and what I really like is, you know, I can easily kind of stick things into a mind map that I couldn't necessarily force fit into an outline. Downside here, as you can see, um, if you're trying to kind of figure out, like, what's a major point, what's a fact, kind of like an outline, it's, it's hard to decipher that. So it's more we just wanted them to be aware of these things as they move forward because you would use a different, it's just like tools. Like I wouldn't take a hammer and, you know, try to, I don't know, do drywall, probably not. Um, <laughs> I don't do any of those things. My husband does. But um, <laughs> point being, like there are different tools for different tasks, and you wouldn't use one, you know, where it just doesn't make sense. So the other thing that we talked about is active listening. And it, it seems obvious. It's really not obvious. So... <laughs> I know because I, even with my boys, like you think like, oh, it's obvious that I said this or, hey, I'm going to say something important. It's not. Um, <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned that the hard way. So if somebody said an interesting fact is it's probably important. Um, if they said, you know, main idea, sum up, significant, what's important, things like this. These are cues that whatever somebody's going to say next is important. Um, and all of this actually was shared with freshmen last year. Not every grade level, um, but it all was shared with freshmen last year. We're kind of building. The other thing was just paying attention. So if a teacher is giving multiple examples on something, odds are that's important. If um, they're repeating something multiple times, probably important. If they spend, you know, 30%, 50% of class on one topic and maybe only 10% on another topic, odds are that part is probably more important. And, you know, body language, if they're writing it on the board, it's probably important. <laughs> 
things like this. So again, it seems obvious. It's, it's not always obvious. And I say this with a lens. I mean, as all of us, we've been through, you know, many, many years of different things, either working professions or college or careers or whatever. Like, it, it seems obvious, but it, it definitely wasn't early on. So just to recap on the note-taking, because I'm covering kind of four sections here. Um, I've given you research and trends, um, some staff insights. Again, we'll do that survey again so we can kind of see longitudinal uh, information. Note-taking styles, and then some note-taking tips during notes. The next bit is digital organization. So here's the thing. <laughs> when, and I know that I experienced this too, so this is like, it, it's a far greater issue. So now that many, many, many things are digital, a lot of times those best practices that we took to like organize binders and filing cabinets never transferred over. And believe me, what fit in a binder and a filing cabinet, <laughs> I would have to have like entire rooms to fit the number of documents and photos and things like that. And I know from personal experience that I have tried searching for things and if I didn't know the exact name, it took us 15 minutes in a meeting to find a PowerPoint. Like, it's, it's really ridiculous. So I know that at this level, that's kind of an issue. So I imagine that, you know, it'll continue to be kind of something we have to be mindful of. This is my suggestion. Again, not meant to be prescriptive, but it's a conversation to have. Like, what are you using this for? Because I found when I were working with the freshmen, um, some of them are doing full-blown notes in notes, like taking, and that's fine. That's a preference. I personally don't use that. I use it for scanner and like quick stuff because I have other tools for it. But it's more of a conversation. Like everything you put out into the world digital, like where is it and what are you using this for? So um, notability. We pay for notability. It's actually a $10 app. And it's a PDF annotation tool. It's very robust. They can actually record lectures in it. It's got an audio um, capability. And so we teach them to basically do that and then keep your lecture notes, kind of organize it. You'll see that in just a moment. Uh, Google Docs, fantastic. I know a lot of people use Google Docs. The thing about Google Docs is unless you make something offline, then it's not always, like it's not easy to find it if you're not offline, essentially. Um, but if you're using collaboration or you want like a really robust word processor, obviously Google Docs makes sense. Um, I personally use Evernote for a lot of different things. I know a lot of other people use OneNote. So it's, again, it's preferences, especially if you have seniors who are going off to college. Just have a conversation. Like, what are you going to use for these sort of things? What does the college use? What, you know, what does that look like? So the other thing, paper by 53, uh, I do see some students who really like sketchnoting and drawing by hand. That's fine. Paper by 53 is a great app that allows them to do just that. So just suggestions. In Notability, I have this conversation with um, freshmen. We do this every year, and then it kind of trickles up. So something to kind of keep in mind is if you're organizing something, I tell them, do you want to have your class in just categories or do you want subcategories? So if I'm in a math class, so I just want all math under math, or do I want it math, unit one, unit two, unit three, unit four? It makes a difference on how I'm going to organize this. It's just kind of one of those things. It's, it's personal. It's not meant to be prescriptive. I know um, art history has a very specific sort of thing because they're dealing with an AP exam. So they actually have unit one, unit two, unit three, and everything's organized that way. I know that because I met with every art history class to help set them up in that kind of fashion and color code things. So that's something to keep in mind. The other thing I wanted to share with you is 
The vast majority of our students do not know that you can color code um, Google Drive folders or star them, which is like the best thing on earth. Um, well, it's the best thing on earth for me. I don't know about everybody else, but it's really, really helpful, especially if you have a student who's like, I, it's in Google Drive. I'm not sure where. If you star a folder, it's always there. It's a favorite. It makes it really easy. Um, and then color coding things. I don't, I'm not prescriptive about color coding, but we tell them, you know, it, whatever makes sense to you. You know, if you want to find, I always can remember every, every math folder is always going to be red. Do that. Not everybody needs to do that, but it is helpful for some students to do that. The other thing is we provide a portfolio structure for 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th that we push out every year. So they actually have something that says, do not delete portfolio in <laughs> 2022, or otherwise they're going to delete it, you know. Um, Something else that's in here, because I know we talked slightly about portfolios last time um, with the speaker, is we have just, it's called an index, essentially, because what's going to happen over the four years at the high school is, and they probably already have a lot of digital stuff. They might want some of that after they leave us, um, and not all of that digital stuff is just in our domain. Sometimes they create, you know, all kinds of different things, like through Adobe and stuff like that. So essentially, we just created a little bit away. These are some questions. And then um, below it, it has a link that they can put these in. We're kind of rolling this out slowly. We've told them about it. They can use it, especially if they're building resumes. And I'll go on to the next piece. If they're building resumes, which many of them do in junior and senior year, um, it's helpful because this way, if they just have one of these every year, they can go back to it and like, oh, these are the hobbies I did. I know because it, it's every time I have to go back, I'm like, what did I do then? I wish I just kept something where I had everything kind of written down. The other thing I wanted to mention is, um, and this is an example, this is a student we had several years ago um, who built kind of a, a career portfolio. Bulbapp.com is available for every single one of our students. Um, it's free. They just have to sign in with their Ian's ISD account. And it, and it essentially looks like this. If you tapped on one of these, it would open up more of those. She went into architecture and design, and so she has lots of examples. It's, it's just kind of a, a nice way to share out things. She used it on her resume. She used it as a portfolio for several years. So I wanted to share that that exists, and it's available to all students. Okay, so digital organization. Processes, again, suggestions. Um, a little bit about notability, a little bit about the Google Drive and portfolio, and then just mentioning the ball portfolio. All right. Next is time management, which is like my absolute favorite thing to talk about. So um, <laughs> I know it sounds silly and it sounds geeky, and I'm okay with that, um, but I think time management is super important. Uh, I know it's important for myself um, as well as you know, really anybody. And honestly, let's think about it. So, yeah, you have eight class periods. You know, <laughs> students do. College, they're going to have to really manage their time. And even after that, I mean, many people don't have eight, you know, class periods a day. or it's, There's so much autonomy, so you really do have to be able to manage time. So this was a um, back to that survey. Same thing. We asked staff how important these three skills are. So it was interesting um, how important they thought co uh, concentration and time management was for students, and especially note-taking, and same thing over here. So I think it's fair to say that those two skills are both valued by our staff or, or they think it's important as well as our students. So um, I went a little bit deeper. Again, this is last year's data because we'll be taking this year's data, um, I guess, in a few weeks. Interestingly enough, and this is just our freshmen, 50% um, of our freshmen, 
It might actually be all. I'll have to think about that. Um, use paper planners. I, they say they use paper planners. I can't tell you to like what degree they use a paper planner, but um, that's what they told me. And then about almost a fourth of them also use Google Calendar. And then we have some other things that they use to kind of manage um, those things. When we asked about digital tools, it, it ran the gamut. So you might have um, Todoist, Trello, Google Keep, OneNote. Just raise your hand if you've used any of those four. Okay, a few of them. I will tell you, again, because this is suggestions and not prescriptions, I cannot use a digital to-do list. I have tried so many times. And for me, it's just, it's like I get in there and it's just really distracting and then I have to remember to go there. I just, I have to keep it in my planner. But that's the whole point is if we give them these tools now and get them a good feel for what works, what doesn't work, and they realize, oh, that actually works great for me. I had no idea. Um, it, it's just important to share those. So, and then some of them said they just leave the tabs open. Like of all the things they need to do, um, they just leave them open, which I get. I do that too. But then there gets to be too many tabs and then, then nothing gets done. So <laughs> um, analog tools. Again, this is all student stuff, but we shared this back to them. This was not just for us to keep. Um, yeah. So memory, which <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, <laughs> folded paper and pocket. I know I've done that. I still do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, there's four post-it notes of things that I need to go do. Sticky notes, um, writing on hand. I don't write on my hand anymore. Um, and then one side of a folder, meaning basically they have a folder or binder where this side is things that they need to do, and then this side is stuff that, you know, obviously they've, they've finished. I wanted to mention Google Calendar because we get a lot of questions about it. So there is a Google Calendar app. We encourage all of our students to download it and then sign in with their EANS ISD account because that's how they're kind of subscribing to their Google Classroom. If they do that, all of those calendars should be there unless there's a calendar the teacher, you know, has made an additional calendar for. So what we told them is choose a layout that works for you. Some of them were really happy, by the way, um, that Google Calendar does this sort of auto thing where it creates images. And so they were like, it's got a picture for when I have karate. This is awesome. And I was like, yeah, it's actually really helpful. So the other thing we told them is, because some of them are coming from eighth grade, obviously, with the freshmen, we told them it's important. I'm going to stand over here for just a second to make sure that that can see that. Um, we told them that you want to delete or kind of remove old eighth grade calendars because it's just overwhelming. You know, they have calendars every year. If Westridge and um, Hill Country were using Google Calendar, which many of them were in Google Classroom, then they're going to have those old calendars as well. It's just it's super confusing. So we made sure they deleted all of those. And then um, if they want to color code things, we also talked to them about adding notifications. Like if you have a test or a reminder, things like that, use these tools. You can still write it down, but it's important to kind of be aware of those things. <coughs> Some questions to ask uh, your student. Have you downloaded the app? We also encourage they put it on their phone because many of them have their phone with them, even though obviously Hill Country and um, Westridge are not supposed to have it out during the day, um, but they do have it in the morning. They have it in the afternoon. Um, and at the high school, it just kind of depends. They're not really supposed to have them out unless there's an instructional need, but I know that the reminders are really helpful. Have you hidden and unsubscribed to old calendars? Um, we have a video for that. Have you changed the color of your calendars to match notability? If they want to get really granular with it 
when they set up that notability stuff and they said, you know, math is red, they might come over here and also make that calendar red just for, you know, sake of making things easy. Um, and do they know how to add goals, reminders, and events? Because that's important. I have both my personal, you know, calendar as well as my professional one because there are times where, you know, oh, yeah, I have karate or, oh, I have this after school. Um, I'm sure many of you have family calendars that you use and, and kind of share out. So just some questions to ask them. I do want to share another digital tool. Um, what wasn't mentioned by students, we do already have this in um, self-service. It's called Wonderlist. Wonder with a U. Um, it's free. It's, it's a really good tool. Um, it's a to-do list tool. It's collaborative. The cool thing about it is it's available on every single device, and including the web. It's a Mac download, which I really, really like. Um, it's also a PC download and, and a variety of things. So you can essentially create different, you know, if, if they want to do something like this, then they can create um, different to-do lists and things like that, and then they can mark them off. So it's a nice tool to have if they want to try that. This is one, um, like I said, I love to bullet journal. It's fantastic. It's kind of a hybrid of um, a lot of different things, and I can talk ad nauseum about bullet journaling. But um, <laughs> essentially what this is one skill. I showed a few students in the library how to do this because we had kind of a lunch and learn, and essentially it was productivity bingo. So if it's really hard to do to-do lists, um, it's just a bingo board. They fill it in. And, you know, if they bingo, then maybe they go get, you know, 10 minutes on Instagram or whatever it is. Um, but it's a self-management thing. I've actually used this when I have, like, three weeks off or something, and I'm like, I have these 15 things to do, and I need to make sure that I do them. And it's just it's a nice way to do that. So it's a little tip for you. Um, this is called a productivity plant. I really like this. It makes me very happy. Um, and it's funny because I do see a lot of students who will bullet journal and do this sort of stuff, so I, that's why I try to share both of these ideas. Um, essentially what this is is you assign um, tasks to different colors, and then each leaf is basically 30 minutes. So it's a good way for you to have a good idea of how you're spending your time, which is also helpful if you have a student who's saying, like, oh, I'm spending you know, 30 minutes on this every night or things like that, to be able to track that over time. Um, also, you know, just, wow, I didn't realize that essay actually took me, you know, eight hours versus, oh, I thought I could do it in two. So it's just, it's a time tracking sort of tool. I have these for you. Actually, will you pass those out? Um, I wanted to share. So last year, our academic interventionist came to me and said, um, we, well, we were kind of running out of planners, but a lot of students who come to the academic interventionists are looking for just that. They're looking for a planner. And so uh, Beth Keith, our uh, um, director of humanities, had something similar to this that I basically just redesigned for students. It's, it is analog, although obviously they could open a notability as a digital PDF and, and write over it. What I thought was really interesting is they keep coming back for these. Um, they wanted them this year, so these are the revised versions of them this year. They're very simple. They're not meant to be overwhelming. They're just meant to be like kind of to prioritize your time. What's, you know, what's going to happen this weekend? What tests and projects do I have? What's daily? What's priority? Because teaching kids to prioritize things is really important. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, what can be done any time this week, but it's not like a major priority, but it still needs to be done. 
I thought I just drafted these questions on the back just based on what I know of our students and just things that are coming up. And what was really interesting to me about that is they really love the questions. I kind of just threw them on there thinking whatever. Um, the academic interventionist goes over those, but they find them really helpful because once they leave, they're like, oh, I didn't, well, what is a high priority? What's this? And so they're just questions that they can ask. What they wanted, and this is the change, is they still wanted um, the monthly calendar. This was not on the original one I did. And so all I've done is I've just added major, like, days that we don't have school, days we have early release, days we have no homework, days that are SAT and ACT testing and AP testing, stuff, stuff like that. I didn't put, you know, entire sports calendars on there because <laughs> they, they obviously wouldn't fit. So, so that's there. Um, and I'm happy to um, share those out again if they're not already on your site. This I just want to share because it's super awesome. Yes. No, they're PDFs. They're, they're, they're di yeah, they're digital. So they could, um, they could print them. Obviously, that's why I wanted to kind of give them to you because you could see them and put them in a binder. Or um, we have them digitally so they could just open them and um, notability or something and, and handwrite on them or type on them. So, yes. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've got them through December already done. So, where would they be? So, I'm going to, I will definitely read them on the Health Shop's website. I'm not sure if yeah. Mr. Van Meter, our academic interventionist, has them on his website, but if not, we can suggest that to him. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, at the very least, they'll be on the Health Shop's website. So, if you do a link, what would that link be called? What should you look for? So, I'll have it linked directly yeah. to this presentation. That will be, does it, does yeah. it have an no, that's fine. planner? Or like sure, PDF planner. <laughs> yeah, that's so fine. PDF planner. I'll make it very awful. <laughs> so, I wanted to share this just because. I think it's awesome, and I'm going to start playing with this idea for our students because I know you're asking about digital. So what people are now doing is, and this is fantastic, they're taking that idea of a PDF planner and including hyperlinks in it so it functions as an actual planner. Um, one of them you can just go see. You don't have to buy these. Um, I'm kind of trying to get something up, hopefully for next year, if not mid-semester. We can test this idea out for our students. Um, but it's essentially, it looks like a planner, functions exactly like a planner, but it's actually just a PDF with a bunch of hyperlinks that will go to different pages. Um, iPad Planner on Instagram has them just so you can kind of get a feel for what that looks like. Or if you're like, hey, I want one for myself, I want to go check that out. It's not an app. It's, it's just a glorified, well-designed PDF with some hyperlinks. And so I'm going to reverse engineer the idea and um, <laughs> do one. So. This is essentially uh, time management, staff and student insights, obviously. I wanted to show you both digital and analog tools, mention Wonderlist, um, showed you a few analog to-do list, showed you obviously the paper, um, PDF weekly planner, and then the iPad planner, which I'm hoping to be uh, an actual thing soon. Lastly, managing distractions. This one's always fun. <laughs> so when we ask students, how do you manage distractions? These were some of the top answers. One of them was we just set up do not disturb. And actually, I was really impressed how proactive many of them were with these responses and, and taking, you know, and, and kind of doing these things for themselves. Like this was not us telling them what they did. They gave us all of these responses. Um, some of them said putting their phone in another room, and then there were other. So this is the other. 
other, <laughs> yeah, real responses. Um, one of them was like, hey, being proactive and telling my friend or boyfriend or girlfriend, don't text me because I'm working. And apparently, you know, I don't have enough self-control not to answer that text. So <laughs> don't text me. I get it. I completely understand. Um, putting phone upside down in backpack, pocket, charging phone in a different room, giving phone to someone else. Someone actually said that they have a box in their house and they give it to their mom and like it's locked until, you know, some sort of time frame. So I thought that was kind of interesting. These are um, some things that students do kind of to regulate. So yes, they're working, but they want to take goals. So they said um, they'll use Stay Focused, which is a tool. There's a lot of tools on the computer specifically that will basically track your screen time and will tell you like, oh, you know, you're doing something you're not supposed to do, or they'll shut off, or you're only allowed to see these sort of things. They're used by adults actually more often than not. I know my sister-in-law um, works with real estate and a team, and so they, they use a lot of these just because time gets away from you otherwise. 10-minute uh, video breaks. They just say, you know what, I'm going to work for this time, and I'm just going to get my 10-minute video break. Another one said um, time breaks for games, which essentially rounds. So I'm going to play a round of Fortnite. Um, you know, whatever, that's fine. Because um, it's not like a 20-minute, just depends on how long that is. Checking phone in between homework, using social media as a reward for finishing um, whatever their assignment was. When we asked them what was most distracting to them, this is essentially how it came in. So social media, no surprise. Um, video streaming, also no surprise. I have a sixth grade child who, I, like, I just, I can't imagine how many like celebration dances from football stars he watches like over and over and over again. <laughs> like I thought he'd get tired of it, but he doesn't. So. <laughs> Um, gaming apps, uh, music streaming, email, shopping, blogs, sports streaming, things like that. Those, that kind of gives you an idea of um, what those are. And then a few things I wanted to mention are there's a Moment app. Um, it's a free app. It allows, essentially, it, it will track your screen time. And it's, it's a good way to be more reflective. Like, oh, wow, I spent, you know, four hours on this. Or it'll even give you some kind of, like, text Hey, you've been on your phone for three and a half hours. I found one day I picked up my phone 97 times. I, I was like, I, what, what was I doing 97 times? Like, why did I pick up my phone that many times? Um, flat tomato, it's a, the Pomodoro effect. I believe it's 520 where you take, like, work for 20 minutes, work for five, uh, or take a break for five, and, and it kind of just schedules that for you. Uh, the other thing is Forest. It's a paid app, but basically you set it up. And you say 45 minutes, this is how long. And then a tree will grow <laughs> um, as long as you don't do anything else, um, you know, pick it up or do anything like that. And then um, the tree will die, <laughs> if you, <laughs> which is great. Um, and then you can build forests. And I, it's, it's, a, it's really silly, but um, it's gotten great reviews. So I, I mention it. I, I also want to mention just some kind of analog sort of things. I know for me, and I know for many people I interviewed, when you're going to begin a task, sometimes it's just helpful to write down all of the other things that need to be done so like you're not even thinking about those. You're just working on this, but you, you kind of got to get those out of your mind. Uh, somebody else had mentioned that as I'm working on something, if something comes to me, I don't immediately go do it. I just say, oh, yeah, I have to go feed the dog, or oh, yeah, I have to go do this. Like I write it down, I'll do it later, so it's out of my brain, but I keep going. 
So that's kind of little things. And then I wanted to mention to you, da 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 da, this is a screenshot because it's not out yet. Um, but in iOS 12, there's a whole screen time suite that will be fantastic. I will add hyperlinks to the previews. So it gets like, basically, it, I'm sure, I'm sure that Apple has been watching all of the awesome apps that have been doing screen time and managing devices. And they're like, cool, we're going to build this into our operating system. So I'm, I'm sure that's what happened. But there's a lot of different stuff where you can um, kind of manage things. It may end up putting some of the Disney Circle and stuff like that that the people have been using to manage the screen time on devices. Um, it, it may kind of do them obsolete. I don't know. But I'll, I'll include a link to this one as well. And, in fact, I think if you click on this um, in the slide, it'll actually take you to the article about what will be coming out very soon. So I shared kind of student insights, digital and analog tools. And then I do want to mention uh, I love to blog. Um, <laughs> so a lot of times after I did a parent webinar or a session with students, I basically just wrote up a blog post of it as well. All of these are on the Healthy Chaps website um, and, and many more. And if you click on the deck uh, that will be posted, actually each one of these images will click directly to whatever that blog post is. So these are a few, and there's some study skills and, and a variety of other things. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in the archived video recording of this session and any corresponding handouts or resources, please visit the WHS Healthy Shaps website at healthyshaps.weebly.com.